This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right, we're running a little bit long here, but I, I want to talk about Devontae Adams and Amari Cooper. We'll start with Devontae Adams. Uh, reports of his demise, highly exaggerated, obviously, uh, from Devontae Adams. He still played phenomenal football last year. And my God, Matt, I mean, I, I, I was expecting some drop-off, I mean, at least a little bit of a drop-off, but honestly, you look at the player profile, man, and the guy was just an absolute stud once again. Absolute stud once again, and you know, he had a interview with the Ringer, I think, a few months ago. We probably, I think we talked about it on, on this podcast, specifically around sort of the part where he said he is no, you can't call him a product of Aaron Rodgers any longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um you know, even a little bit, you can't say that about him. It basically was what he was saying in his in this interview. And I mean, yeah, his number one is reception perception. Pro, that's the goal of reception perception is isolating wide receiver play from quarterback play and from surrounding. I mean, literally nothing sticks in my in my craw more than, you know, when people make top 10 lists of wide receivers and then they somehow bring in like the quarterback. It's isolate the receiver from surrounding variables. Come on. Like, what are we doing here? Um, you, but anyways, like with Adams, that's the whole goal with reception perception. I think you saw in his 2018 to 2021 run with the green Bay Packers, he was, I mean, absolutely dominant, you know, 99th percentile success rate versus man coverage on multiple seasons, you know, some of the best press seasons ever recorded. And I mean, look, you can now just lop this next, this first season with the Raiders onto that and say that his 2018 yep. to 2022 run it's really unlike anything we've ever seen in 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 reception perception history and just like wide receiver I mean wide receiver play excellent excellent you know his success rate versus man coverage is those four those final four years in Green Bay 79.5% 78% 79.5% and 79.6% number one outstandingly consistent and yeah outstanding some of the highest scores in series history. And then this year with the Raiders, 78.1% success rate versus man. So yeah, right in the same range and right in the same excellent range. He has the second best success rate versus press uh, in his career at 96 percentile, 83.1% success rate overall, still very good against zone. I think he's one of the two or three best route runners in the NFL. Really the only other guys you can kind of compare him to are Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs, who we talked about a few episodes ago yeah, I mean, this guy is – there's no drop-off in his play at all. And, again, I think when you look at his 2018 to 2019 – or excuse me, 2018 to 2022 run, it's just something we've not seen, like, sustained excellence like that. You know, five years uh, worth of sustained excellent excellence at the position. You know, elite, elite, top-tier play – it's, it's something I've definitely not seen since doing this in 2004. Maybe like Antonio Brown, I think is probably the best, you know, kind of comparable there. And, and you know, man, it's just a great player in Devontae Adams. And he definitely proved that he is not a product of Aaron Rodgers. His, his elite production is a product of his elite play. 
Right. Uh, hey, in 2021, he posted an 87.6% success rate versus zone. Um, I believe that was a career high for him uh, in regards to yes. your charting here. Uh, and then a 78.6% success rate versus man coverage. Uh, again, both of those numbers extraordinarily high. We're talking, you know, above the 90th percentile uh, for both of those figures. Now, his success rate versus zone did drop off. Uh, from that astronomical career high figure from 2021, Matt, but still higher than what he posted in 2020 and 2019. Mm -hmm. So um, again, if there was a quote unquote drop off, I mean, he's dropping off to his peak in his green pay days. So yeah. I'm not really sure uh, we could really call that a drop off. And I think a lot of it too is the verticality of his role with the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, he posted a career high yards per catch last mm -hmm. year, did Devontae Adams, which I think is pretty crazy, again, considering he's going from Aaron Rodgers to um right. to, to to Derek Carr there. And Derek Carr is famously not one to necessarily want to push it all the time. But you look at his route percentage chart, Devontae Adams, 80.8% 80, 80 uh, on out routes and 20.8% on dig routes, well above the NFL average. His highest run route was a dig, was a dig route and uh, very good on those dig routes as well. They just made money in the intermediate area and less so kind of on these quick hitting like flats and smoke routes and slant routes that was really key with his final especially his final year but really final two years in green bay with matt lafleur yeah. calling that offense here and aaron Rodgers having a, a tremendous success which i think obviously you're running those routes you're gonna your numbers against zone are gonna be a little bit higher than normal you know again yeah we're talking about an 88th percentile score this past year 83.7 percent. it's really really an excellent uh mark for Devonte adams and um not to, i did said this in the profile not to get too off topic here but uh that uh, the the dig route usage, the out route usage, and the production and success that Derek Carr and Devontae Adams had me you know, had had uh, had had on those routes. It has me pretty excited about Chris Olave, another intermediate route running master. Even yeah. at this point, in his career, you know, pairing up with Derek Carr this year, I think that's going to be a really good connection. But yeah, I think that's probably the only reason for a small drop off in Adams's success rate versus zone number. And we're talking about a guy who 25% of his routes were deep routes, right? We're talking either corner <laughs> nine or post. So 25% were either the corner nine or post. Um, and for him to then still post a 88th percentile score versus zone, Matt, I, I mean, I don't need to tell you that's incredibly impressive yeah. Um, because again, zone, I mean, think about what the prevalent coverage is in the NFL cover two. It's, it's supposed to take away uh, some of these deeper routes. You know, uh, I, I think I bang on teams for not running enough post routes um, to take away that cover too. But bottom line is man, like 4.9% for Devonte Adams, by the way, 4.9% of the routes are post routes. <laughs> Josh Daniels. Come on, man. I know that's what I'm saying. Exactly. No, but I mean, again, just, it's so impressive that he can get, go in over the top and still uh, show such, uh, you know, a, a high success rates versus zone coverage. And then go back to that slant route percentage there. Only 18% of his uh, routes were, were slants, Matt. And, and to be honest with you, I thought I was surprised. I thought it'd be a little bit higher for a guy who again has been just money in the bank, man. When, when, when you line up Devonte Adams inside and just have him run a slant. 
Yeah, uh, ninety point two percent success rate on slant routes. Uh, that is the highest. Calvin Ridley, if you go to the sortable tables, is higher than that. But remember, it's a five-game sample, and it's from 2021. So among players sampled from the 2022 season, that right. is the highest mark there for slant routes. He's also 90.9% success rate on curl routes and 100% success rate on flat routes. Not running a ton, only 4.6% of his total routes, but that's still within the NFL average uh, for for flat routes run and obviously 100% success rate. You don't need me or, or no damn math degree to tell you 100 success rate is a good thing (laughs) um and i think this brings us to the crucial question that people want well i'm sure they're they're listening to this podcast like when are these two goofballs going to talk about the fact that Derek carr is not the quarterback anymore and jimmy g is the quarterback now how does Devontae adams fit with jimmy g well we know that he's not going to be having a career high yards per catch most likely with jimmy g also worth noting that like we're hoping we're hoping it's jimmy garoppolo but there is a nightmare scenario where a receiver that I just said earlier is like with a bet one of the best, not just of this era, but I think needs to now be considered. Devontae Adams, one of the best players to ever play the position of wide receiver, yeah. is catching passes from the 2023 version of Brian Hoyer. No. Let's put that nightmare scenario aside for a second and just not even think about that. Try to manifest <laughs> that out of our reality. And like if he's just with Jimmy G here, you know, you look at that slant route success rate. Yeah, that's going to be crucial for Jimmy. The flat routes, I think there's going to be a ton of that. And yeah, I mentioned that he ran a dig route as his highest route run last year in the game sample, Devontae Adams, and he had a pretty good 76.3% success rate. Jimmy G and Debo Samuel, I mean, piled up big plays running dig, you know, with dig routes against zone coverage. Jimmy, for all of his flaws, is aggressive about rifling those things in there. It's going to be different production, but I do not think it's going to be – I don't think there's going to be a ton of drop-off for Devontae Adams. It's just going to be accumulated differently, the production with Jimmy G, than it was with Derek Carr. Just, again, let's hope Jimmy's foot works and, like, we get we get Jimmy Garoppolo out there is is the hope here for for the Raiders and and specifically for Adams who just does not deserve does not deserve to be paired with Brian Hoyer at this point. You know we're in a bad spot with the Raiders if we're saying we are hoping for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's when you yeah. know you're in a bad spot, Matt. That's- yeah, best case scenario. Best case scenario <laughs> other than like minority owner Tom Brady comes down from oh, the rafters. To, my God. I guess is the other non-nightmare scenario, but also not going to happen. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not great, I, but I, you know, I mean, you look at like the like best ball drafts right now and people are taking, look, I love Garrett Wilson and I love Amon Ross St. Brown, but man, I don't know. I don't know about taking, especially St. Brown. I mean, I you know I love St. Brown, but yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. we're going to take him over Devontae no, Adams. Don't do it. Don't do that. I don't. don't do I that. don't know that we can do that. Yeah. Just because like, he's That's this, he's this good, right? He's not good. He's this good. So tough for me to get too negative about a player that's this this good at football. Why the hell did the Raiders? I don't. Why did they let Jarrett Stidham walk? Like. Stidham ended up like going to a rival in the Denver Broncos. You know, you're like, yeah, that was weird. Golly. I, I don't yeah, he had a confused. Adams had a massive game with Stidham against the 49ers. It was I watched obviously watched that game, charted that game. This was so impressive against a tough defense in that game with with damn Jarrett Stidham back there. And yeah, that was like a McDaniel's guy brought him from New England. And then I, right? you know what I think it is. I, I think Sean Payton's like, hey, let me tell you what, uh, Jarrett. 
If we get six games into this season and like Russ stinks, you're going to yeah. start for us. So um, I think 100%. that was probably a bit more of a selling point for Jared Stidham. But uh, weird, just, weird nonetheless. Yeah, strange. I, I don't know why the hell the, the Raiders let him walk. Uh, anyways, all right. So a uh, former Raider, Omari Cooper, Dallas, and then now Cleveland. Uh, you have been very famous, actually, for saying that Omari Cooper is not, and I want to highlight, not one of the best route runners in the NFL um, TV commentators and, and online, you know, wide receiver guys, they, they've said, no, no, no. Amari Cooper is one of the best, but you very, very publicly have fought against that. Um, first of all, explain that stance and then tell us what you saw in 2022. Well, I think the biggest thing with Amari Cooper is that he is a very, very, very inconsistent player. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you fan, people that play fantasy know he's like a volatile performer on a week-to-week basis. And and yep. especially like his home road splits are crazy dramatic, right? Yeah. Um, right. I think that that's probably a coincidence in just that he is, has very, very up and down games. And a lot of them, maybe there's a reason for it. Maybe there's no reason for it. But a lot of those games tend to come on the road. Uh, and, and sometimes you could point at a receiver like being volatile production-wise, make ah maybe it's on the quarterback, the offense, the system, whatever. I think with this one in particular, volatile producer, volatile player. That's why I've, I've pushed back on the Cooper thing as a great router because he absolutely shows those flashes. You see the flashes, right? And people will clip the flashes. They'll show them to you, right? That mm-hmm. look at this route, Mark Cooper run, and he absolutely does run some fantastic routes at times, but he has been very inconsistent and very volatile, especially in his days with Dallas. That's where my pushback on him and his reception perception results would show that to you. If you go in the historical database, you type in Amari, you're going to see some pretty poor seasons in Dallas, especially his last, his last year in Dallas, 75.7% success rate versus zone, second lowest of his career. Um, you know, one of the lower success rate reverse man numbers. And again, I think he flashes great route running but for whatever reason, people like to speculate about the effort you know whatever that he's yeah. just not that player so you know i'll leave the speculation to to other folks as to what it is but just the reality of him on film when you watch him when you chart him for reception perception not a consistent player all that being said james i think amari cooper had his best season in the nfl last year and i don't think it's particularly close i think last year with cleveland was his best season in the nfl and i i think it's pretty convincing when you watch him play. And I think there's a couple of different reasons for that. Well, number one, you look at his success rate versus man and press coverage, both career highs with the Cleveland Browns last year, not elite numbers, but 71% versus man and 71.4% against press. He got his zone numbers. Like I mentioned to the sec from the second lowest in his career his final year with Dallas up to sort of his career expectations. And I think the thing that is most interesting and most impressive about this is that, you know, if you look back at his time with the Cowboys, they were using him a lot as an off-ball flanker. They were moving him around the formation. And the Browns, they got him going on some option routes from the slot, some vertical outbreaking routes from the slot uh, where he made some big plays. But Cooper was basically just their X receiver. You know, a lot of people think like Donovan Peoples-Jones was their X receiver. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it was Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper lines up outside on 80% of his uh, sampled snaps and reception perception. He was on the line for 69.7%. And again, had those career best success rate versus man press numbers. It, it, and we can really parse out the detail on the exact reason why. But yeah, I think 
when you look at the biggest reason is play action is huge in Cleveland, obviously with, with Nick Chubb right, and the routes that they had him run. You said earlier teams don't run post routes enough or like these big overs, big crossing routes, like dig yep. routes and stuff like that. The Browns ran them and they ran them a lot with Amari Cooper. 14.4% of his routes were digs. 8.3% of his sampled routes were posts. 83.3% success rate on posts and 87.1% success rate on digs. Those really were the keys to him having what I think were such a fantastic season. I think it's a shout out to the Browns getting the right role. And it's a shout out to Amari who still was a little bit volatile last year. I think he's still a bit of an inconsistent player, but played really hard, was awesome all year long. And, you know, it's fascinating to think about what it's going to be like in the future, but I definitely think last year was his best season. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's interesting. The the two previous seasons uh, before 2022, he was, again, primarily an outside wide receiver guy, you know, uh, but certainly he didn't cross over 70%. He was like 67, 68% outside. The rest of it was kicked inside. And so last year, 80% lined up out wide. Uh, again, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's a career high for him, but it's certainly up there. Uh, for Amari Cooper. It was just a different kind of deployment for him. And as you said, Matt, I I thought he really, really came through. You know, you talk about some of the inconsistencies with Amari Cooper. I think some people would be surprised to know he has never, ever, ever posted three consecutive 100-yard games, ever, ever in his career. Hmm. As a matter of fact, he only has posted back-to-back 100-yard games three times in his career. And yet this is a player that on multiple occasions, I believe he's got two different games of 200 plus yards receiving. That's the upside that you can get with Amari Cooper. It's just, you don't get that level of effort each and every week. I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying, Oh, he could go 200. He should be able to go 200 every week. No, that's not the, obviously that's not the case. There's a lot of different things playing uh, into those County stats, but a guy who gets 200 plus yards is a damn talented player. (laughs) you you don't just walk into that you know what i'm saying but i do think that the inconsistencies in the effort i think certainly play itself out um you know when you look at the rp data when you look at the game tape whatever whatever you want to look at certainly um i think that inconsistency shows uh for amari cooper no doubt and and i think the cowboys look they obviously misread the way the wide receiver market was going to go when they're yeah. like, oh, we don't want to pay Amari Cooper $20 million. Uh, oh well, let's trade him for a fifth-round pick fifth or whatever to, pick. Fifth to the Browns. Crazy. Yeah, Crazy. That was tough. Not great by the Cowboys. Bad move. But I think why they wanted to trade him, why they were done with him, was part. some of these things we're talking about, the inconsistencies. And I think there were personality conflicts there. You know, there was vaccination stuff there. So mm. um, th- th- I think – it's uh, it was easy to kind of criticize the move in real time and it's easier to criticize it in hindsight but again i do think some of these inconsistencies are, are what we're pointing out is is why they soured on him and i think that's what's like i think reading cooper for 23 is tough because he look i say he's a super inconsistent player he's coming off a great year 
But if he has a down year in 2023, I mean, I don't really think we can be surprised from an individual isolation standpoint because he's an inconsistent guy. But but they have him in a great role. I love the routes that they're having him run. Like I said, those crossing routes, deep overs, slants, digs, posts. Awesome. Perfect for Cooper. It's exactly what he needs to kind of thrive. You know, they cut, they cut like the nine route down. They cut the post route down or the corner, excuse me, the curl route down with the Browns that he was running a lot of those with Dallas. And those are like man beaters mm-hmm. on the outside. And Cooper's just never been good at that stuff. So it's like, I love the role they have men. And I think that, the, like we talked about the Eagles recently on on the last podcast with Ross Tucker and I, you know I made the point that they're I think one of the hardest offenses to defend because you have Jalen Hurts mobile quarterback we got to defend him uh, we have yeah. a great running game Miles Sanders you know we got to we got to dedicate resources to that oh by the way we have two coverage dictating receivers on the outside what do we do with yeah. that they put defense in a real bind and I think Cleveland Browns have a chance to do that this year with a great running game in Nick Chubb I mean I think Nick yeah. Chubb is the favorite right now to lead the league in rushing, and he should be viewed that way. You know, Watson is not Jalen Hurts as a as a running quarterback, but he can give you something there. And he's the big wild card in all of this. Yep. And then I think they have two coverage dictating receivers in Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore, who, you know, is a reception perception favorite. And I think could be better. I think he could be a better player someday than Amari Cooper is, could Elijah Moore be. So there's Bro, obvious volume. Be, I think he's going to be a better player next year. Just straight up in 2023. Yeah, I- uh, mark, mark me down. I think Elijah, and I'm just insanely high on Elijah Moore. I've said this many, many Same. times, but I think he's going to be a better player than Amari Cooper straight up next year. And it's not because Cooper's going to be bad. It's because Cooper's going to be good. But I just think, uh, I think Elijah Moore has so much to prove. And I think mm-hmm. he wants to do that. Um, and that's why I think we're going to see the best version of Elijah Moore working with the best quarterback that he's ever worked with in his young career, uh, and working with a pretty good offensive mind and Kevin Stefanski, who I think will be able to parse out the best role and the best routes for Elijah Moore. Um, and by the way, people are still going to be covering Omari Cooper. Like he's the alpha dog. So it's going to be lesser coverage to the side of Elijah Moore. I think Moore is going to have an absolutely fantastic year. I, and I'm with you, and I think that that's sort of the the kind of sticking point here is that not only are you know Amari Cooper had a decent double covered rate last year, but not super high because you can't if you it's really hard as a defense to number one double coverage just doesn't happen as much as we think, but right. it's really hard to dedicate extra coverage resources to a receiver when you also need to bring a guy into the box to deal with the run yeah. game and Nick Chubb, and so. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like defenses are going to have a real push pull between do we send those extra resources outside to Cooper? Oh, by the way, we have a guy on the other side and Elijah Moore, who is great on those intermediate routes that we talked about with Cooper, but can also win over the top uh, more, even more than Cooper does. And well, okay. By the way, we can't dedicate coverage resources to both of them because Nick Chubb's going to run our ass over, man. And yeah, like, yeah. It, it's if Deshaun Watson is good this year, and obviously, you know, Watson's a tough guy to, to figure at this point, no question about that. I mean, this offense is really set up to put defenses in a bind and be very, very effective this year. If, if Watson's good, if Cooper has uh, the year <laughs> that he did last year, um, you know, right. and, and it's just, there's a lot. And if Elijah Moore is like all the way dialed in and the player that you and I clearly think he is that reception perception thinks he is. So there's a lot of ifs here with Cleveland, but they have a lot of upside to be the type of offense that we saw Philly be last year. Maybe not from an overall effectiveness standpoint, but from a, we can put defenses in a bind on a snap by snap basis standpoint. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't think you, you'll be the first person to say you're not doing the player A, player B comp to Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore versus, you know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. We're not no, doing no, that. no, 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 no. <laughs> Although A.J. Brown once famously said that Elijah Moore was going to be better than him. Uh, I disagree oh, with you, A.J. Shout out to you being a good that. friend, though. Uh, yes. But I don't I don't think that's Friend and former teammate, for sure. Yeah, no. Uh, no, listen, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, when we're talking about coverage dictators, I, I mean, the Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore can certainly be that but they're just not the you know i mean they're yeah. just not that that level no. of uh, what they got in philadelphia for sure all right so there you go that's the show uh hey listen um we're gonna be back right back at it again if you're you know new to the podcast we appreciate you listening if you would subscribe to the show that would be great go check out the website receptionperception.com matt's got a ton of content dropping i mean all the time now i mean we're really getting into it uh and by the way quarterback data will be dropping relatively soon as well. I'm, I'm talking like we're aiming for this week, guys. We're aiming for quarterback data to drop this week, but it's going to be next week at the absolute latest. Uh, you're going to see quarterback profiles on the elite of the elite guys, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert uh, will be dropping very, very soon. Uh, and hopefully we'll get you know uh, you know 20 to 30 quarterbacks up. Uh, by the time the season starts. So we'll see. But anyways, we're really close to that. Go check out the website, receptionperception.com. And again, two episodes each and every week on Reception Perception, the show uh, for the podcast there. So there you go. Anyways, that's the show. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you.